Hello, welcome to the Swore Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and today's an exciting day because the Battle Scroll has finally landed for Age of Sigmar. What is the Battle Scroll? If you're new to Age of Sigmar, I'll quickly tell you. Games Workshop committed to every three months making some sort of balance update for their game and then doing this via something called a Battle Scroll. At the start of Age of Sigmar, the edition was a year long, then it changed to six months, and then it's gone back to a year. And so those balance updates have become more effective and more, not more effective, sorry, more important in being able to effectively balance both the external meta, like armies against each other, and also the internal meta, like are units actually viable inside of an army. They're meant to be every three months. The battle scroll that we're about to look at is two months overdue. They did make a statement at the end of January, which where it was already a month overdue, saying that they were using the data from LVO to do some additional changes. And so it'll be interesting to see what you think. Now, I'm going to go through this in detail and leave my opinions for a separate video. So I'm just going to let you know what the information is. So hopefully you can get better games out of it. I'd love to know what you think of the battle score changes in the comments and all those other things. And I've already been live for a couple of hours with everyone on Twitch, where we've been deep diving, deep diving all the information and talking through it, which is cool. And I'm really excited about tonight going and hanging out in my Discord, which you can access via the Patreon, because we are going to be talking about even more, which is very cool as well. So... So let's get straight into it. And there's two bits of information, so we're going to go straight in. First off is this. This is the document that they've put out and probably the one that you've seen shared in your discords, your Facebook groups, and this other stuff. This contains some information. However, they have done an individual update for many of the different armies and even the core rules, and they've put those in individual FAQs. Thankfully... And included in the show notes is a link to the Battle Tome updates, oh, sorry, all of the updates via uh, Adam having put them together so they're all in one place. So you don't have to go through all of the individual FAQs yourself and they're all in here, even with some handy pictures, which is fun. So you can access them. So they'll be included in the show notes. Okay, so let's start at the top and let's look at what changes have occurred. The first thing to talk about is some of the changes to the game wholesale. So those changes can be found here. There's one for battle tactic, uh, for drain power battle tactic, which is a little bit... Uh, I'm only going to talk about the big changes, so it's not really a big deal. And there's also one for the battle plan battle plan power flux. The major change, if it is a major change, is that if you do take the Wizard Finder's Battalion for Andor, then you're going to get a 5-up ward save. So that's one of the core battalions you can take from this general I'm so handbook. excited. And, and then that means you, so you're not going to get a 5-up ward save, you're going to get a 5-up spell ignore. That's what you're going to get um, if you take that. They've added that. Okay, there you go. Those are the overarching changes that they've included here. However, if we start looking at the core rules changes, there's some massive overarching changes which we need to talk about. So we'll talk about them in line. First one, each time an ability is used, if the effect allows multiple units to be picked, e.g. rule states pick up to three friendly units, can the same unit be picked more than once? And the answer is no. Now, previously, there has been an FAQ where the answer was yes. So this is a reversal. And in effect, what section of the game is this affecting? Well, for instance, the Eidolon of Mathlon has a spell where you can pick up to D3 units. And they would, when people would cast that spell, they would pick the same unit three times. Another and more relevant example right now is the Command Core for Cities of Sigma, where that unit is able to pick up to D3 units and heal them D3. In this situation, now you won't be able to pick the same unit three times, and instead you have to pick three different units. And that's the big change there. So the next question is, when is a control and objective and scoring of victory points done in relation to other abilities that are used at the end of the turn? This is 
after all such abilities is the answer. There were some instances I can think of as an example where you would have a Gloomspite Gits army where you would return models via a Loon Shrine and then, which is done at the end of the turn, and then, of course, you would then do scoring. So this is just clarifying. It's making the end of a turn a bit of a vibe, is what it's making. After all such abilities, what are abilities? Come back to me another day. Question. If ability allows a unit to be picked to fight after another friendly unit has four, e.g. the Wrath of Corn Bloodthirst, Command Trait ability, does a unit picked have to be eligible to fight? And the answer is yes. Just a nice clarification and simple. That I shouldn't need to explain that. Okay. If a unit has a random move characteristic, it's... Is it generated before or after the players pick the unit to run? The answer is after. So I say I'm going to elect to run this unit. Then I roll the random movement and also the run roll. That's what I do. Okay. That's It just gives you a timing, I guess, for when this happens. Now, a major change is the change we're going to talk about next. And this is wards. Okay. And we have a really handy, lovely picture here made by Rob Wales. And he's on uh, Twitter if you want to go check him out. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be, there's, a, there's a lot of words here and so I'm going to be real clear with each section because this is going to come up and be important in some sections of the game and others it won't some abilities allow you to roll a dice to negate a wound or a mortal wound or to allocate a wound or a mortal wound to a unit other than the original target okay so either a unit is allocated wounds or a other unit takes on those wounds which is the bodyguard rule effectively Abilities of this type are referred to as wards, and the dice roll is referred to as a ward roll. So what we're effectively saying is, is making a bodyguard rule, so Soros Guard are a good example, is a bodyguard rule, uh, is, a ward, is a ward roll. So are we clear on that? Perfect. <laughs> so that's a bod that's a, that is a ward roll. That means if you have something that adds plus one to your ward roll, you will be able to add plus one to that bodyguard roll effectively. Okay. So they're cast as warts. Unless stated otherwise, unless stated otherwise is really important, that's why it's in red, the ward roll is made before the wound is allocated to the model in question. After one ward roll can be made for each wound or mortal wound, unless specified otherwise, and if the ward roll is successful, the wound or mortal wound is negated, has no effect, etc. So let's just go to our picture and let's just talk about it much easier. Okay, so you get attacked. The enemy lays hands on you, but you wear a special hat and have a ward. So you have a ward save. So then your unit has a choice. You can either make your ward save, perfect, or the bodyguard takes the damage, right? If the bodyguard decides to take the damage, you cannot roll a ward save on the original unit. If you do try to do a bodyguard save, you also can't take a ward save on the unit that did the bodyguard save. However, I hear all 56 fire players in the world screaming out, but Rob, what happens? It does say in the original rule, unless otherwise stated, unless stated otherwise. And if you do go look at the Auric Runefather rule, as an example, it says before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound. If we go back to the original rule, Abilities of this uh, some, uh, some abilities allow you to roll dice or negate a wound or a mortal wound to allocate, uh, or to allocate wounds to a unit. Abilities this type are referred to as wards, and the dice roll is referred to as a ward roll. Okay? Unless stated otherwise, the ward roll is made before the wound is allocated. So, Auric Runefather negates that. Okay? Super simple. <laughs> but refer to the picture. Okay? Either have a ward save, 
or a bodyguard save. And if you do either of those two things, you can't have any additional ward saves unless you have a special rule that negates that whole section. Solved it. Pretty massive change in some cases. There's uh, bonuses to bodyguard ward saves now because they're classed as wards. There's also um, some changes where units are not going to be able to take double saves, which is great. Okay, we've done it. Super easy. The next big change is the battle shock phase. By the way, just for people watching this back or listening to this as a podcast, that took at least 18, 15 to 18 minutes, like with the Twitch chat to resolve. And it required Rob to make a picture. So just 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 to be clear for everyone at home. Uh okay. So the battle shot phase, models removed from play as a result of their unit being split have fled. Models that are fled are treated as having been slain for rules purposes. If you do have a unit that runs in battle shock, they're, they, they count as slain. It's always important to remember. However, there's another important bit here. Unless I don't know otherwise, in addition, rules that allow a model to do something, e.g. fight when slain, are not triggered when model flees. So what this is resolving is some people, what they would do is as you would kill some units, they would take models out of the middle of a unit so the unit became separated, it became in two parts. Then what would happen is they would then say, okay, the model's out of coherency, so all of the models in that half of this section are dead. Then they would activate their abilities that would happen upon death because they were counter slain this is now removing that as an option so you still counter slain so you can rally them back however you aren't going to be able to act activate things like murder rolls as an example so that's the major change here okay super simple here and they're only one of the bodyguards only affects if you have ward saves and bodyguards uh and the re wound removal thing is, is important as well so not massive changes here the next set of rules that we have uh, here are changes to the General's Handbook, which are the ones that we covered already, uh, the, which is a very simple five-up spell ignore for Wizard Finder Battalion, then a change to one battle tactic that's not important, and a change to one battle plan that's not important. But they also changed Malevolent Maelstrom, which is an endless spell, and then they changed it. They changed how much damage it does, uh, basically, uh, because it needed nerfing, because it was very, very very problematic and it still is probably okay let's go back to the main battle scroll here okay and now we're going to start looking at individual changes to uh we're going to look at individual changes to the different armies now we're going to look at the individual changes to the different factions including points changes first one we're going to look at is blades of corn blades of corn in my personal opinion are an s tier army they perform incredibly well at events currently and have been doing exceptionally well because a bunch of different things including in my opinion murderlust and the blood tide table they've had a singular change in rules in hatred of sorcery which is at the following each time a friendly unit casts a spell you must roll a dice on a five plus that spell is automatically unbound this is to effectively stop blades of corn armies from including bellicor and or wizards like we've seen with the army of renown the zinch army of renown that has been included inside of a Blades of Corn army. So it's effectively a third less effective. That's what we're seeing. So there's two different corn builds, one with Bellacore in. There's there's corn builds without Wizards in as well, but Bellacore and then also the Zinch uh, Regiment Renown. This is to try to stop that. It's effectively don't have Wizards in list. If we look at the points changes, there's going to be a single point change, and that is to the unit of Claws of Car Karanak. Claws of Karanak, where they got up 20 points. It's a pre-game move unit that people would use just to grab objectives and then potentially generate blood ties. So overall, I would say that while they have affected some builds in corn, they haven't done a massive job. Oh, I'm not meant to be doing any tutorials. That's the changes that they've done.
The next un- the next uh, army is the Magikin of Nurgle, and this has had an incredibly good run at the moment, specifically orientated around the Glockkin and loads of the big Magoth lords. What would happen is they would use the Glockkin's ability to countercharge in your opponent's turn and then use things like Plague Bearers to block your units up, and then they would use the Slippity Blop Blop, Slobbity Bar Piper for making it so you can't pile in. They've changed Slobbity Bar Piper's no pile-in ability, and they've changed it so that you subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target friendly Nurgle demon units wholly within 14 inches of Sloppity Bar Piper instead of the no piling aura. This is a massive change to specifically Sloppity Bar Piper. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, but it is, you know, overarchingly big game changes if you're playing in events, uh, to be honest. However, uh, there are also some points changes. Got Rot Spoon went down points. Harbridge Decay went down 20 points. Lord of Plagues went down 20. Morbid X went up 10. Rot Bringer Sorcerer came down 10. And Rot My Creed went down 10. As I go through this review, I'm probably going to say most of these changes are nominal to useless. Unless you're taking multiples of something, for example, Boing Grot Bounders, when we talk about those in a bit, when you increase the number of uh, the points when you take 6 to 12 of uh, of a unit, then obviously that's going to massively increase the cost of that points increase. When it's on a character, like for instance, uh, the Morbid X Twiceborn going up 10 points, it doesn't affect an army list in any way, shape or form. So these are fairly nominal and none of them particularly matter. Rob, I creed down 10 points, but you're not going to take loads of those anyway. Next up, we're going to look at Skaven. Skaven got a change to a battle tactic that makes that battle tactic easier to achieve. It's called Flea Flea, which is great. Then if we're looking at points changes, we saw a big points change. Again, the characters don't overly matter, like Gracier going down 10 points or a Gracier on Screaming Bell going up 20, although they were very cheap previously. The big changes here, in my opinion, are the changes to Rat Ogres, which have gone down 10 points, Plague Sensor Bearers, which have gone up 10 points because you would normally take multiple Plague Sensor Bearers and multiple Rat Ogres, and then the change to Plague Monks, where Plague Monks have gone from a unit of... 10 to a unit of 20. The reason this is a big change, it means that obviously you can double reinforce it, so you can go from a maximum unit of 30 Plague Monks to a maximum unit of uh, maximum unit of 60 Plague Monks. Then we've got Slaves to Darkness. Slaves to Darkness have had one overarching change in that the Demon Prince has had his weapon profiles buffed, going from seven, going from five attacks to either the axe or the sword to seven, and then the Malefic Talons from ten or eight or something to twelve. So a clear attempt to buff the output and the consistency of the damage that you're going to see from a Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince. Looking at the points changes, we can see that. Oh, sorry. Uh, Looking at the points changes that we can see the Archeon has gone down 40 points, 4-0. Uh, however, most of the Saves of Darkness roster is very expensive, so a reduction of 40 points, while sounds like it's good, doesn't actually even generate you an additional unit in your army. So in your Archeon list, your Archeon list hasn't changed, the exception of potentially being able to add an endless spell. That's it. The big news here is that you get a Demon Prince. Will you run a Demon Prince? I'd love to know. Zinch got some minimal points changes and the Zangor got two inch range on their weapons and you also have got a new type of battle line in Zinch they've changed horrors around a little bit so now you can have blues and brims as battle line for a slightly cheaper battle line if you're excited about that which is very thrilling as we're covering the chaos section I'll talk about the other I'll talk about the other point changes that we've seen in chaos Looking at Beast of Chaos, Bestigore went down 20 points, which is pretty good, especially as you can take lots of Bestigore. So a buffed up unit of 30 is now going to be down 60 points. Are you going to take loads of Bestigore? Don't know, but 
20 point change is quite big on a unit you're going to take a lot of time and they've also given uh, Zangor uh, and all of those units like them a 2 inch range on all of their weapons. This is something we've seen across many of the units in this battle scroll, although not all of the units. So some of those melee big infantry blocks are going to be more effective because they're going to get a lot of attacks. If we're going over to the lovely Hedonites of Sinesh, they got some points drops. Again, those are on characters and not on units. So you're not going to be able to stack and multiply those points changes. Demonettes going down 10 points means you could take a load of demonettes if you wanted to. For Stormcast, there were three changes. I, I wasn't going to say major. Vanquishers have got two-inch range on their weapons now, so watch out, everyone who's having some pretty medium combats on an objective. And then Karazai and Krondis have both had their Master of War rule changed, where previously multiple units that were in combat with them would reduce the number of attacks they had. Now it's only one unit that's in combat with them that reduces their uh, number of attacks. In addition, there's been some points changes in Stormcast with both Karazai and Krondis coming down a further 20 points, which is good for people running Skywing, which is the army of renown. And then that's it, I guess. That's it. For Lumineth Realm Lords, fans of the elves, we had a clarification on what happens when you're a deep thinker. And then we had some points reductions, specifically Teclis, who's gone down 20 points. And for fans of Sentinels, they're back. They've gone down 10 points, which does mean if you do want to take a unit of 30, or could I even say two units of 30, you're going to save yourself a grand total of 60 points. So it's all about that compounding interest that you get when you have multiples of a unit. For everyone who's a fan of a dino, Seraphon have had some significant changes. Let's start off with some big positives. Croxagore both types, have gone from four wounds to five wounds, meaning they're going to count as two on an objective, and they're generally going to be more survivable, which is stonks. So we love that. They've also had a change to the only command trait that you would ever take if you're playing Seraphon, well, if you're playing Starborn, which was the Lord of Celestial Resonance, where you normally would get two cosmic power points, great name, for each one of the spells that you cast, but now you only get it for the first time you do it versus every time you do it, which is going to really reduce how much they're going to be able to generate those cosmic power points for them. In addition, we've had some points changes. We've we've had points changes for Croak, who's gone up by 30 points. We've had uh, the Saurus Astroth Banner Barrel that's gone up 20, and then Skink Star Master gone up 10, and the Slan Star Master, who's gone up a further 10. This is going to add about 80 points, what we see as the traditional Croak bomb list, which is fairly significant and in addition we've also obviously seen the change with the source guard becoming a ward save meaning obviously you've got uh croak's ward and then their ward and they can't be uh they are simultaneous now so that is actually going to be a significant change here other than that i don't really see any points changes that are going to really change how the game plays but seraphon have had some changes they also had a change sorry i should also point out to a spell called mystical and forging what this does is this changes a uh an enemy uh, unit to ignore uh, modifiers to save rolls basically uh, modifiers to your save rolls. What this would mean is the enemy unit would be save dash, and then when they charged in, if they got plus one rend on their attacks, then that would override the save the uh, the rend dash. Does that make sense? So rend dash, then you charge in. You then after you've been given rend dash, get given plus one to your rend. That then 
doesn't override, but it st- it adds on to the rule because rules in Age of Sigmar are consecutive versus singular. That's the situation. That's what's changed there. For fans of elves that love the sea, Agnet Deepkin have had some rules changes specifically. They've had quite a variety of builds that have done kind of okay over the past few months, well, past five months in Battle Scroll Update. But the big one probably to shout out about is the Futhwan, which is the most successful one, which is the Shark build. So multiple Alapexes are very good because in the last Battle Scroll Update, they gave them Exploding Sixes, which affected both their melee and their shooting attacks. That has been changed in this Battle Scroll Update, and they've changed it from Exploding Sixes to every six to hit is going to Auto Wound, which... It's honestly, I think, as good. I don't know if anyone knows the math on it, but it feels as good. So if I'm a if I'm a sharp player, I feel like I'm escaped here. They also have had a couple of changes in their like uh, individual FAQ, specifically the Eidolon Mathlan, the aspect of the sea, uh, has got its it's had its rule changed uh, for being able to do its tsunami of terror, and then the mighty thralls have had their sweeping blows rule changed specifically so that you wouldn't get certain attacks or certain abilities if you're attacking one target and then certain other attacks if you're attacking another target all from the same block. So if it, you've got to have one of the two choices now. And those are those changes. Then they've also done points, which is they've made Ishlingard and Morsagard 10 points cheaper. And other than like when they're not on characters, you might be able to take a lot of these, but even if you took three units of Morsar Guard, that's going to be 480 points and you've saved yourself 30 points. So the difference is 480 to 510. It's not that much of a change. For fans of small, ginger, naked fellas, Fire Slayers have had a little bit of a change. They've had the Volkite Berserkers and also uh, the Volkite Berserkers have had their weapon range changed to two inches, which is good because they're on 32 more bases. So going to be able to get a lot of extra attacks from these infantry units now, which I think is very, very interesting. Pretty spicy. And then they've had some points changes as well. Hearthguard Berserkers are down 10 points. You're probably going to take a lot of those, which is interesting. Auric Hearthguard down 10 points, which doesn't matter because they suck. But the big news for fans of the multiple Doomseeker build, they're now down 10 points. This is wild stuff in a wild... Like, the Doomseeker build is so cool. They're down 10 points. Excellent. The Fire Slayers are eating well tonight. Next up, Cities of Sigma. After already a round of nerfs in their Battle Tome uh, FAQ, we're now seeing even more nerfs into the army with a couple of little bonuses as well, which I think is interesting. The first one, we're going to look through the rules. Talia Vedra's lead from the front ability, uh, which is where you, she has to be in combat and another unit has to be in combat in order for them to be able to rally on a four up, uh, has been clarified as you need both of those to be true with Pontifex Inestra's ability to potentially do two of her different individual prayers, someone asked for some reason if you could do the same one twice, which clearly says in the rules you can't, but the answer is no, obviously. The big change, probably, is to two different things, Blazing Weapons and the Free Will Command Core. Let's talk about that. The Free Will Command Core Dispatch Spies ability, which allows you to effectively stop a command ability in your opponent's turn on a 4+, plus, doesn't work, or doesn't work more than once Per turn. So if I had two command cores, which they have not made unique, then I'm not going to be able to do it twice. So that's changed. Also, because of the change of how healing works, is in 
being able to use the same ability on the same unit three times, which we talked about earlier, having multiple command cores means that you wouldn't be able to heal the same unit from both command cores. And instead, you have to heal six individual different units across your army if you had two. So the command core has had a bit of uh, a nerf. And in addition to that, it's also had a point increase, points increase from 170 to 200. They've also changed blazing weapons, and this is a pretty important rule. This was what you find on the Alchemic Warforger, and what it was was an AOE or area of effect uh, buff or a spell that they were cast, which meant any attacks that was made while inside that aura, any sixes to hit would do a mortal wound. That would also include shooting, so from things like Fusiliers and also Steam Tanks. Fusiliers got a 170 point, in oh, sorry, a 20 point increase in the last battle scroll or in their in their update, whichever one of the two it was. And then now they've changed this uh, AOE Mortal Wound ability to only affecting units in melee. So that means all of the shooting units, the cannons, steam tanks, and the fusiliers no longer will be doing mortal wounds from shooting. But we didn't see a points decrease to reflect the fact that fusiliers are now much worse. So they missed that. Then uh, they've also changed the Wilder Corp Hunters and improved them, which we love, which is absolutely great, uh, because now they get plus one rend on their missile weapons if they're within an inch of a terrain feature. Looking at the different uh, points changes, none are particularly effective other than the 20 points on a steam tank and the 20 points on the steam tank commander, seeing as we saw builds with multiple steam tanks, meaning that if you took four steam tanks to steam tank commander, you're going to spend an additional 80 points. The Free Guild Command Corps, as I said, went up 30 points from 170 to 200, which seems fair. They're very, very good, even with the nerfs, in my personal opinion. And uh, they also made Talia Vedra cheaper as well, uh, 40 points down, which I think is something I, I'm excited to see. But for me, the big shout out, which is going to sound odd, is the World of Corp Hunters going down 10 points. That's specifically because I think that there's a load, you could take a load of World of Corp Hunters because they've actually got a pretty good profile. But anyway. That's where I'm at. And they do need to go cheaper, seeing as Claws of Karnak, or Claws of Karanak, they went up 20 points and they're still cheaper, as you can see literally above, they're still cheaper by 10 points than the World of Corpse Hunters and arguably better. Uh, so Cities of Sigmar generally taking nerfs with some interesting positive changes. Doors of Cain have had some points reductions as well. Importantly, Marathi has gone down 20 points as so she's generally an auto-include. Uh, and then uh, the rest of it is just characters like Cauldrons of Blood and the Hag Queen. No points reductions to either of the snakes, the bow snakes or the fight snakes, or any of the witch elves or sisters of slaughter. So the army is still going to play the same. I In the last tier show I ever did, I said Daughters of Cain were an A-tier army. They've got five battle tactics easy, so it's got to fight over the primary. Don't see that changing now, so I don't think they're any better than they were, but I think that they were very, very strong. Let's fly high with our Carriage and Overlords, one of the most successful armies in the past five months. 58% win rate at the moment and easily in the A to S tier bracket. They've had points sweeps across the board with everything going up about 10 points. Normally, like I say, I wouldn't be that bothered about this. However, in the case of things like Endrin Riggers, which have gone up 10 points, you would sometimes see units of two units of nine that would mean that you're adding an additional 60 points onto a list. Thunder as well also went up another 10 points, although they would normally go inside of an Ironclad, which went down 20 points. So I think we've seen like a 10-point difference in there, which isn't particularly much, in my personal opinion. Uh, and some of the characters that you would see quite often, like the Admiral, uh, have also gone up points. So I don't think they've... I haven't looked through the list right now, and shows like the Aether cast, which is a Carriage on Overlord's dedicated YouTube channel, will definitely be breaking this into a detail, which will boggle the mind if you want to go check this out. But it feels like if I was a KO player, I'd feel like I got away with... Uh, like I feel like I've really like escaped 
I flew high here. So I feel like they've done really well out of like what was a very necessary nerf. Sylvaneth didn't get any rules changes, but they did get some points changes. And I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed about this. Uh, the Warsong Revenant went down 30 points, Strike went down 20 points, and Lariel went down 20 points as well. Sylvaneth are languishing at the bottom of the meta right now and one of the most unsuccessful armies in the game. Now, a lot of that's to do with player skill as well. Some of the players who are very good at like playing tabletop Warhammer, it's a high skill cap army. However, I would have liked to have seen some points changes around the board to make these more effective, and I feel this is a little bit underwhelming, and I'm sure Silverleth players are going to let me know that they also feel the same. Moving on to death, we're going to look at the Nighthorn armies. Uh, Nighthorn army, sorry, and the mo main change here is that Blade Guys, Dreadside Haradins, and Glaivrith Stalkers all had their weapon profile changed from 1 inch to 2 inch. This is going to drastically change how this army does play, specifically because both uh, these are all on 32 more bases, most of these units, and they are a melee-focused army, and so being able to get more attacks out of their you know, weapon profiles is, in my opinion, particularly good. And that's it for Nighthorn. Oh, no, we did get some points changes for Nighthorn. I apologize. Give me a moment. For the points on Nighthorn, Alrak came down 10 points, which doesn't matter, and Reichnor came down 10 points. I, now I remember why they, I didn't care, because it doesn't matter. Like So the points did go down on three Nighthorn characters, and Nagash is going down 40 points. A lot of people are going to say Nagash is back. They're going to be like, we're so back with Nagash. That's Nagash's thing, being back. Next up is Osiarch Bone Reapers. The big change here is that the non-Myriad sub-faction has gone from having two-up spell ignore to a four-up spell ignore, and for that nerf, you do get the bonus of no longer needing to be near a character to get it. So now it's just every unit has got a four-up spell ignore, but you uh, and you aren't don't have to be near a character. So kind of like a win and kind of a loss. I was generally seeing more people playing Mortis Praetorians nowadays anyway, so it doesn't seem to matter. And there is a slight clarification to Catacross and his commandability so that it affects him. And then he issues it to himself, and then it's everyone around him, uh, which is a slight change, but nothing major. There are some points changes to the Bone Reapers. Morgast Archive and Immortus Guard have both gone up 10 points each. So if anyone who's running multiple units of Morgast Archive is going to have to be paying for the privilege now. Uh, and the Mortec Crawler came down 10 points, but still sucks. Oh, no. Soblight Gravelords have had a change to their to a battle tactic, which is not really much of a thing. And then we have got some points changes. There is 10 points has been added to a corpse cart backbreaking stuff, as Rob has pointed out. And then uh, there's just been some other nominal changes. But the big shout out here is Blood Knights are down 20 points. Blood Knights at one point were like the unit in Soblight Gravelords. So nice seeing them get reduced. It's pretty fun. Love that. Next one is Flesh Eater Courts. Flesh Eater Courts has basically got their Battle Tome FAQ at the same time as like the rest of the FAQs. So all kind of in that same section. There was one that's pretty important around Ushran, specifically that he can't choose the same delusion, so you're not going to be able to stack the pluses to save. There was also some clarity that you were getting on Crypt Cards, so they also couldn't stack their ability uh, as well. So I think that's something that was important. There was also some other clarity on Ushran in that if you were using his ability uh, with uh, for Feeding Frenzy, that at 12 inches, if you were in the Feast Day Delusion, then it would be 12 inches would cost you four points, but 24 inches would cost you six points is, is the clarity. But this probably could get a deeper dive in the future for Flesh Eater Course players. There were also some points um, adjustments as well for Flesh Eater Courts. Specifically, the Terrorgeist and the Zombie Dragon came down massively. 
Terror Guys came down 55 points. The Royal Zombie Dragon came down 70 points. It's one of the most aggressive points changes we've seen in Age of Sigmar. Uh, and then some of the other units, like the Royal Beast Flayers came down five points and Vargo of Courtiers came down five points because the Flesh Eater Court's book was written before when, uh, when they decided to stop doing five-point increments, which was actually last summer. So the Flesh Eater Court's book was written like a year and a half ago is what that's basically saying. So all these have uh, dropped down. I'd say the Royal Beast Flares is actually the standout shout here. Five points isn't a lot, but you can take a lot of Royal Beast Flares. You like you could take a lot, and that would actually be quite an interesting army. Uh, army. So uh, that's the big change. And then the FAQ changes is, is a lot of clarity that Flesh Eater Court players are going to be really important, really uh, paying attention to, however, doesn't have impact the whole state of the game. Looking at destruction, we're going to look at Uruk War Clans next, and they have had a pretty massive change, but it's kind of like a synergistic change. So they've had a change to two battle tactics that they picked up in the last battle scroll. Those changes to the battle tactics meant that you got a basically a free battle tactic for Cruel Boys and a free battle tactic for Iron Jaws. This had the unintended consequence of making Big War much more viable because both of those two battle tactics were also usable in Big War, and this pushed Big War into having, into having a 56% win rate, while Iron Jaws languished at having a 42% win rate. So you get like a 41% difference between Iron Jaws and, or, and Big War in, in totality. So what they've done is they've changed those two different battle tactics, which is That's Our Turf, now it only applies if your general is the Iron Jaws keyword, and Sneak Up only applies if your general has got the Cruel Boys keyword. So those are the major changes, which might negatively impact Big War and make it so that they don't guarantee have five battle tactics they don't have to engage with their opponent. They've also done some points changes. The most standout one, in my personal opinion, is a points reduction to Ard Boys, going down from 220 to 200, which I think is really nice. And also they brought down Zogrok Anvil Smasher, who works with them, which is cool. Weird Boy Wreckers went down five points. That's not really a big deal. The other big shout-out I'm going to shout-out is more Grunter Gorgeous going down 20 points, which might honestly see some play with their ability to make it so you strike last. I think that might be quite fun. I like that. The more Grunter down 20 points. So that's pretty nice. Sorry, they, I should also mention that they have... They also have clarified how momentum works for the Gore Grunters and changed it a little bit. But that's only really important if you're playing more Grunters in an army. Spike Gits are next, and we have seen some points changes across the board. Maybe the most effective change we've seen here is that the Boingrot Bounders have gone up 10 points. It would be something we would see where we would see three units of 15 for a total of six instances of the unit for a total points change of 60 points in that list, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, there's the almost hilarious 10-point drop on the Arachnorok Spider Party with Spider Fang War Party, which is great. That does mean that the Arachnorok with Flinger is perfectly points-costed, which is arguably true. Let's just be real. <laughs> uh, Sneaky Stufflers are up 10 points, and the God Blues was up 10 points. So the Boingrot Bounders, God Blues, and Sneaky Stufflers have had an increase, basically affecting one of their better-performing lists, which is lots of Boingrot Bounders. Is it going to be enough of a points change? Who knows? Looking at Ogres, they've got better, which is pretty good. Uh, so Ogres have got a... Got a 
battle tactic that's been improved where you do mortal wounds on the charge and previously there's a conversation if they got negated you didn't do the mortal wounds in this if they get negated you still get it so you still achieve the battle tactic which is great for ogre players and if that wasn't enough we also got some points changes the Frostlord and Thundertusk got cheaper. Mournfang pack got down 20 points. So you legit could run a bunch of Mournfang. And in addition, most importantly, for Ogre players, because they really only have one thing that they do, no offense, Karsten, they have loads of big monster trucks. They put them in one army and they run them around. Zero change. Nil pois. Let's go. Ogres eating well today. Lastly, Sons of Behemoth. And they had a change to uh, they had a change to one of their abilities, which wasn't that impactful. And the Man Crusher mobs have gone down thirty points, and both the Man Crusher targets individually and the Warstone point down ten points, meaning you're still going to run three bigs in Broad Stomp, which is great. So no change at all, and that is all of the changes. Tried to condense them down. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do much editorial, and I tried not to. Those are effectively all of the changes points changes that have done in this battle scroll update i'd love to know what you think there will be a follow-up video where i have more of a review of what i think it might do for the game what it has done for the game and what i expect it should have done for the game but ultimately i love reading your comments and i love reading what you think i've done this entire thing live in front of a twitch chat so i really do love engaging with people about these things because it's all about your games I think the biggest miss for me, if I'm just quite doing a quick TLDR, is Sylvaneth. I'm like, sometimes I'm not that bothered about armies that are too strong, and I'm really bothered about armies that are too weak and bringing them up, because Sylvaneth is a really popular faction. It's got like 6% of the meta, 6, 5, 6% of the meta. So it's a very represented faction that doesn't do particularly well. I think that's a little bit of a shame, in my personal opinion. There are some other misses as well. I feel Cities has been overdone pretty aggressively. Not sure Nighthaunt have really had the buff that they needed in addition. Don't think KO have been touched in any way at all. Maybe Nurgle are also making up bandits as well. Sharks. There's some really interesting light touches in this, but are going to require more of a kind of analysis in the future. I'd love to know what you think. Thank you very much. Thank you to the Twitch chat. You're the best. Thank you again to Adam to putting that document together. And thank you very much.